katoa, no mai haere mai. Welcome to our podcast. This is the Kiwi Kids Book Chat. My name is Julie Huggins. And my name is Penny Walsh, and we are both teacher librarians at Southall School in Hamilton. <laughs> Welcome to the third episode of the Kiwi Kids Book Chat podcast. It's lovely to have you listening along with us today. And today we're going to do a deep dive into the work of David Hill, who is one of our most prolific and well-loved Kiwi authors. Before we do that, though, we yes. are going to do a quick shout out. Well, first of all, to David Hill, because... He is amazing and we love him. Um, but also, um, we're from Hamilton and we just want to do a little shout out to two of our local booksellers in, in town. One is Penny's Bookshop at Chartwell, mm -hmm. who supply us with lots of books and are always amazing and friendly and they look after us well. So that's Nicola and Mark, so shout out to them. But also to Megan at Books for Kids in Hamilton East, who is a specialist children's bookshop and she has a beautiful wide range of children's books. So if you are looking for, for children's books and you're mm. passing through Hamilton, either of those places, great places to go. And if you don't, if you're not fortunate enough to have a specialist children's bookshop in your vicinity, Megan actually has a really good website with a lot of her stock up on there and she is more than happy to order things in for a school or whatever it needs to happen to get you those books and she will organise the postage and the courier and all of those sorts of things. Yeah and we're, you know, we, we like to support our local children's mm. suppliers because you know you can get things cheap on Amazon or Book Depository or whatever but it's just not the same as going into a an actual bookshop with actual people who can help you so we like, do like to support those, those and of them. the royalties that the authors get if we buy through a local bookseller are significantly higher than if we go to an offshore third party. Now, when I say significantly higher, the royalties that, that our authors get are not high by any stretch of the imagination. But certainly, if we can support our local booksellers, then so much the better. Absolutely. So, big shout out to them. But today, we are going to dive deep into some of David Hill's work. We're not covering all of it by any stretch of the imagination we're just going to touch on a couple of things and yeah maybe ask a couple of questions as well so the the thing that we're going to think about first are his his picture books mm. he does some amazing what we might call narrative non-fiction ah, picture books spit the words out penny and we'd just like to have a look at those so in our hot little sticky hands at the moment we have got sky high which is about gene batten I've got Joan Whiffen, who is the dinosaur hunter. We've got the hero of the sea, who is um, Sir Peter Blake. And I am also holding Take the Lead, which is all about Jacinda Ardern. And we, in our library, we love these books. If you look at them, if you could see them now, you'll see that they've got like, trashed corners and they are definitely well-loved mm. books. And we, we firmly believe that they can be used across the board. You know, you can, you can read these to a younger audience just to introduce them mm. to some of our amazing Kiwi people, or you can dive deep and, and delve, delve down and have a think about um, them a little bit deeper with some of your older children. In fact, Julie and I did a couple of years ago now, we, we presented at the, what did we call, what was it called, the place we presented? Um, it was the, the Waikato University, it was the Picture Book Seminar the run picture. by Nicola Daly. Absolutely, and a shout out to Nicola as well, another amazing 
book person in, in town. So we presented at, at that. We were, it was um, all about narrative nonfiction picture mm. books, and we, we chose the Sir Peter Blake one to present about. And we got dressed up, and we, you know, we did some very silly things, um, just to show that you can use books like this in all manner of, mm. of ways. You know, and, and what's so great about the books that David Hill does is that you know he doesn't look at them from one angle. Mm. He looks at them from you know, a number of different angles. So it wasn't just about Sir Peter Blake being a sailor. Mm -hmm. There was also, he also delves into the fact that he is an environmentalist, which, you know, is for our older students, this starts to become interesting and it, and it just adds another layer to, to the story. The other thing that all the books seem, you know, that they do have, which is, is great for, for us teachers, is they have a timeline. Absolutely. We, we love a timeline, <laughs> don't we? Um, so you can see you know, straight off, you know, their, their life's journey. And that whole idea of them being narrative non-fiction, the timeline definitely tips it over rather than just being a story, tips it over more to that non-fiction side. But children aren't used to seeing this information displayed like this so often. They, they look up a fact. But to see it laid out like this is, is really quite powerful for, for the children. And, you know, I'm a big fan of that sort of thing, you know, being all on one page. Mm so that you can just have a look and you can see things like you say, Julie, laid out in front of you and, and get an overview. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm, I'm a big fan of infographics. I do like um, an infographic in a book. It's, I suppose you could call a, a timeline an infographic. It would be, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, I, I reckon. There are amazing illustrations and they're all done by Phoebe Morris in this series. On the other page there is the, the white space. They've been really thoughtfully laid out and really beautifully presented. White space. <laughs> I, I don't know, increasingly, you know, we find children that are not desperately keen to read and so, mm. you know, we, we actively look when we're buying for, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily, I mean, obviously we're not, every book isn't going to have lots of white space, but if a book has got crammed text, mm then we will tend to put that back on the shelf and not buy it. Mm. So, you know, it's definitely it's definitely a selling point, I think. So, yeah, sorry, you look like you're about to say something. <laughs> I think, too, the fact that David has picked up on so, somebody like Joan Whiffen, who is not a particularly high-profile New Zealander for many of us, but he's marking her contribution in her field. And I think that is really something to be, to be valued. Yes, I mean, even, I mean, we, you know, we, we know who Sir Peter Blake is and, and we, you know, a lot of us will know who Jean Batten is, but our students might not. Mm. In fact, they probably don't. You know, we just assume it's because, you know, we're so old now. You know, I remember the America's Cup. I remember Sir Peter Blake and the mm. Red Sox campaign, but our children don't. But th these are the children who are growing up who don't know necessarily what 9-11 is because it was well before they were born. And so we... It's mad. It's mad. You know, it's like, how can you not know that? <laughs> exactly, because it's so much a part of our, it was one of those events that shaped us. Yeah. And we remember so vividly, and yet our children haven't had sort of necessarily a comparative event. And so on that, that note, wouldn't it be interesting to see who, I wonder who David Hill's going to write about next, or who, if we, you know, had David Hill right in here right now, who would we be telling him to write about. Well, I've got quite a list. How about you, Mrs. Well, one of the ones that I, <coughs> I thought about who would be quite interesting would be A.J. Hackett. Yes. Who is quite a colourful New Zealand character who, you know, um, he didn't invent, but, you know, he promoted the whole idea of bungee jumping. So someone like him, I, I think, would have an interesting story to tell. 
Another one might be someone like Richie McCaw. You know, so, our, so a lot of our students will know about Richie McCaw and so that might be one of those ones that might be a popular, uh, an easy sell maybe. I think so and I think there's also a place to delve deep into some of our historical figures. Someone like Dame Fina Cooper, um, Sir Apirang Nata, somebody like Michael Joseph Savage, some people who have been really influential but not in a way that we would necessarily know because we now take it for granted. I also think that there would be an opportunity to maybe look at somebody like Lisa Carrington. But this will tie in with our next episode, somebody like Dame Sophie Pascoe or somebody like Cameron Leslie. Absolutely, so Paralympians. Yes. David Hill, if you're listening, get busy, mate. <laughs> get busy. And once you finish those, we can probably give you a whole other list. Absolutely. Well, we, I've got some more written down in front of me, and, that, and we didn't mention them all. Did no. You, did you mention Taika Waititi? No. How good would a book, uh, you know, one of these narrative Ooh. non-fiction books be about Taika Waititi? So, you know, yeah, like I say, David Hill, best you get busy. Or if there are any other budding authors out there, they, you know, they, I, think there's, I think there's room. I think Absolutely. there's room for more. And it's such a good way because it's bite-sized pieces of information. Yep. It's not a great big enormous non-fiction book and it's not a full novel. It's so accessible to such a wide range of students. And if they're interested, and that's one of the things we said when we presented about Sir Peter Blake, they can, they can take things further. You know, if they're interested in the fact that he is an environmentalist, mm. They can go and research that a little bit further. Or if they're interested in the Red Sox campaign, they can go and find out a bit more. It's, it's not presenting everything on a plate, but it's mm. just giving a taster. So we love those books. Absolutely we but do. But David Hill is not is not just a picture book author. He, he is prolific, isn't he? Really? You could probably, <laughs> probably use that P word on him. So Julie, you've got a few that I can see in your hand there. What are you going to talk about today? So some of you will be familiar with David's work with regards to New Zealand history picking up on iconic events, picking up on things that have happened to us as a country on a global in a global context, all those sorts of things. So two of the ones about iconic events would be things like the Juni Chitangi Wai, which is part of the My New Zealand Story series. And you're holding... I I've got No Safe Harbour, which is a fiction, fictional account of the Wahine disaster. Mm. And he does this so well, you mm. know, weaves a fictional story into a, a realistic event mm. and you know and I've, as, as I mentioned you know right back when we started I am from the UK mm. so reading a book like No Safe Harbour is kind of part of my you know my New Zealand historical education if you like because I wasn't brought up with learning about this in schools. No and I can vividly remember doing a project at primary school in New Zealand and we had to choose a New Zealand disaster and back in the day, and this is me showing my age, there was a series of very skinny little books done by Kevin Boone, and there was a series on the New Zealand disasters, and there was a series on famous New Zealanders, and there was the Ballantines fire, and there was the Wahine disaster, and all of those sorts of things. And they were it, really. That, that was just sort of like your benchmark, your standard. You used the Kevin Boone books, but now seeing what David's done, he brings it to life in a whole new different and way. And actually just, and we hadn't sort of discussed this beforehand, but the, um, mentioning New Zealand disasters, you know, we can link in here to Maria Gill, who's another yes. amazing narrative non-fiction author who perhaps we need to delve into her work as well. But, you know, her latest called New Zealand disasters, mm. we could not have enough of those in the library when we promoted that. Mm. We had children clamouring for it. They, you know, children love a disaster. <laughs> and they love... Um, books that have got facts in them yeah. and things that 
I mean, that, that book just so appealed. But I also think that David has told some stories that needed telling around maybe World War I and World War II. I think the one that won the, the I think it was the 2016 Book Award for Children and Young Adults, it won the junior fiction category, and that was My Brother's War. And it's that story where it's so applicable in our time, where a family is divided by two different points of view. One of the brothers is so keen to get off to war, so keen to go on this adventure, all those sorts of things, and the other brother is a conscientious objector, but he's very much seen as a coward and somebody who's afraid. But actually, what the, the brother who's the conscientious objector goes through and the punishments that he is subjected to, he shows a huge amount of bravery in that story. And one of the ones that you mentioned... Oh, I, I was absolutely fascinated with Enemy Camp. Mm. Enemy Camp blew my mind, my small little mind away, because I had not realised that, you know, World War Two actually came to New Zealand mm. in, in many ways. Now, Enemy Camp is about the Japanese internment camp in... Featherston. Ma Featherston, I nearly said Masterton, right neck of the woods. And, there, you know, there, there were Japanese prisoners mm. of war in... New Zealand. Absolutely. I had not realised that. And so that, again, part of my Kiwi education mm. has been reading a book like that. You know, again, it's a fictional account mm. you know, from, told from the point of view of a young boy, but the, the stuff that happens with regards to the, the camp and the riot mm. are all true facts. Blew my mind. And I think that's what David does so well. He does all the research in the world. He knows his stuff so well that he can weave it into such a um, a readable tale without losing any of the impact of the history. Absolutely. Flight Path is another one, you mm. know, set. Now, that one's World War One, is it? No, yeah. no. Yes, World War One. World War One, and that's all about the, uh, you know, the, the bombers, yeah. which, and I, and I absolutely loved it. I also loved 1917 by Brian Faulkner, which is, you know, tells a similar sort of a tale, part of the New Zealand mm. at War series, mm. you know, so that again, part of my education. Mm. And the, and the fact that, you know, New Zealanders were involved in, in a war that I knew about because, you know, I, my grandparents, British grandparents, were fought in that in, in World War II um, and I knew, sort of knew their stories. I wish I knew a bit more maybe. But, you know, New Zealanders were involved too. Absolutely. So, and I know, think that leads us quite nicely into one of David's most recent publications that came out last year. And some of you may have seen it, some of you may have read it, but a number of you probably won't have. And it's actually called Coast Watcher. And it's, again, telling a lesser-known story from New Zealand's involvement in World War II. So this is set in, it's part of Operation Pacific, which was Kiwi serving in the Pacific Theatre, and this one's actually set on the, in the Solomon Islands in Bougainville, and a little island off the coast with the idea that they were trying to get information on the Japanese and get it back to those people that needed it. Now, the main character in the story is a lad named Frank, and he's actually trained as a radio operator. Um, so he's all up to date with the Morse code and all of those sorts of things. But Frank had every opportunity not to serve. He'd actually been in a tuberculosis um, sanatorium, so didn't need to serve, but wanted to. And he's really worried that that TB is going to keep him out of being a real soldier. But they go and he's paired up with another Kiwi and they get given a, an Australian 
soldier who's there to basically protect them, they get taken out onto this very remote island and everyone thinks it's going to be this really cushy job when all of a sudden they see something that actually the rest of the world needs to know about but they've got to go and retrieve something very valuable first. So they're interacting with the Solomon Islanders as a community, these little villages and there's a lot of action and adventure and you can feel the tension that he, he builds it so well. Even the very first chapter, they've got the landing and they're landing basically on an island and it goes straight into a jungle and you don't know what's going to be behind each tree. You don't know what wildlife, but you also don't know if there's any Japanese soldiers there. So it's a really readable story. And I think that he, Coast Watcher is right up there with the best of the writing that he has done. Readable is... Is, is a good word, isn't mm. it, to describe him. And, and thinking about building tension, so I've got a book here, another of his um, latest books, I think it's a 2021 one, and this one is a little bit slightly different in many ways. It's a short story book, it's called Three Scoops. It's got this cute picture on the front of a, an ice cream cone with three scoops of ice cream. And I'm wondering whether David is, is experimenting a bit with this book because he has three stories. One is historical, but one is fantasy and one is science fiction. And I'm sorry, did you just say fantasy and science fiction in the same sentence as David Hill? <laughs> yes, I did. And it's like, so that's why I'm wondering whether he's trying some, some things out. And actually my favourite story, which I'm, I'm going to go to first from this little trilogy, is one that builds tension beautifully. And it's the science fiction one, which is slightly ironic because I am not the biggest science fiction fan in the world, but I really enjoyed this one. And um, he, he does a great job of building the tension because what's happening in this story is there is a, a large rock heading towards Earth. And, and there's the tension right there. Absolutely. It's brilliant. And then, so, you know, you're, he's telling the story of, of some, some people on Earth and this rock's coming towards them. And I think that's probably all I need to say because you need to actually read the story. Mm. And what's really cool, actually, is, is, you know, this is a book that looks like a novel. But, you know, so for those children that want to read a, a fat novel... Mm it's got these three stories in it and so actually they're not having to read the large amount of text mm -hmm. you know that that they might be a little bit afraid of maybe and um, that's what and short stories I try really hard to promote short stories I don't do a good enough job but I think short stories are a great way in for our more reluctant readers anyway so going back to the book though so there's a fantasy which is called I Wish and it's all about a teenager who finds a strange box of books amongst the moving boxes when they're about to move house and there's a there's a surprise inside and again he builds up the tension I have to say this is probably my least of favorite of the three stories mm. in that book you know and I, I think I'm allowed to say that I think you know I'm, I'm allowed mm. an opinion but again the, the, the tension build up is is definitely palpable and then the first story in the book so I've kind of gone backwards is is a probably more of his usual fare mm. it's a historical story called coming home and it's about a, um, a young soldier who returns home from South Africa in the 1890s, so I'm presuming, I've, is that the Boer War yeah, kind of area? Yeah. Um, but when they when they get off the boat, they're separated. Mm. And so the, they, the story alternates between the, the soldier trying to get back home, worrying about his beloved horse, and then the horse. And, and, and you know, obviously it's a horse, so you don't really know what's going on, but is it, it, do you think the horse is going to make it back home and, and are, they, are they going to be reunited at the end? Again, more tension. Mm -hmm. But this is a, a neat, I think a neat little book. Say, so, you know, if you, if you want to just try one of the stories, just try one of the stories. And I think too that that would be really appealing to maybe a teacher who was wanting to read aloud for a classroom because so often it's hard to get through a whole novel along with everything else that you've got to do in a term. 
And because we know that we can trust David Hill's writing and he's going to do all those things that we try and encourage our students to do in their writing and in their work, that would be a great option for yes, classroom teachers. Yes, and even teachers. though I said the fantasy one wasn't my favourite, you know, it's, it's still it's still a great story. And it may be somebody else's favourite. Yeah, of course. Because, um, you know, my opinion is not the, raw, the rules or the law, is it? No. <laughs> it is in our library, Mrs. Walsh. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> do you know what Mrs. Huggins does not like? Um, Harry Potter. It's like, what? Is she mad? Anyway, that's, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so, David Hill, worth a look, I reckon. Um, just go, whizzing back to the, the, the picture books, if you've got any um, thoughts yourself, you might have an opinion on, on who David Hill could, should be writing about next, or, you know, any author, really. Who could they be? Who would you want to hear more about as, yeah. a, as a New Zealand person. Yes, yeah. but also I think we could very easily compile this list and send it off to some publishers and say we would love, we as in the literary community of New Zealand would love to see some books on these people. It's a bossy like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we can do that. Yeah. yeah. So yes, David Hill, we love him. And the fact that he's a Taranaki boy was really special for me growing up in Taranaki and knowing that he lives in New Plymouth and that's where I grew up and I can visualise it. And paying tribute to him, we mentioned him in our very first episode where I mentioned C.S. Simon. And I mean, we've seen David numerous times over the years. He was a guest speaker at the 2011 Kids Liquids World Final that we hosted here in Hamilton. He's been our Book Week author on a number of occasions. He came and spoke at a WCLA seminar, eminently likeable a very likeable very warm Personable. yes all of those sorts of things but really good at connecting with his audience as well of any age group up to for the rest of the day doing some more planning and preparation I've got some we've got some fun things up our sleeves for our year eight students going to go and hunt out some really cool poetry and maybe some Shakespeare and create a few crazy out there activities for for them what about you well yeah a bit more work today um, we have got my son my lovely son is busy he's doing some work at the moment he's only 15 and he is learning how to earn money so I'm going to get him from work and he will be exhausted and will undoubtedly moan the whole way home. So that's something to look forward to, isn't it? And then, yeah, I don't know, nothing really much planned this evening, bar perhaps, you know, going through the podcast and cutting out the bits that were nonsense. <laughs> can yeah, you I believe, can you believe that we speak nonsense? We, we speak a lot of waffle. Yeah. Um, so, so thinking about next week, mm. the next podcast episode we are going to be looking at sports people mm. because we're going to be celebrating the fact that we've got the the winter, winter olympics. olympics coming up now we're not specifically going to be necessarily looking at just winter olympians but we thought it would be a nice opportunity to talk about what what's out there and what's available about new zealand sports people yes and we identify some some needs and some perhaps some gaps because we've got some really good things but there's always room for more there's always room for more so thank you for joining us this week on Kiwi Kids Book Chat and we look forward to your company in another episode. See you, see you later. Ka kite anō. Mm -hmm.